Hey guys, this is the full week seven next week tonight episode. Thanks for listening. If you just want the quick one, get it and get out. Look for the Blitz episode right before this. But this is after that where I go back and I go through all of the takes more in depth. So if you just want to hear the introduction and hear the names and move on, that's fine. Appreciate you. Go check that out. If not, keep listening. This is all of it. Welcome to next week tonight. All right, we're going to dive straight into the full show now. So let's go back a few and talk about week seven. Like I said, those are the players and teams on by Bills, Rams, Vikings, Eagles. So Brissett's been really actually impressive. Um, not quite Geno Smith kind of impressive. And I probably could have put Geno Smith up on as one of these streamers, but he's almost ascended beyond that. Um, a lot of people are picking him up. So Jacoby Brissett is somebody who is still actually giving you a solid floor. And, and he has a decent ceiling even, but I mean, he's not going to pull off some big 30 point game probably, but he's probably going to get you 15 at least. So great as a, a fill-in. Um, Davis Mills hasn't been doing so great, but playing the Raiders, I think this is an environment where he's going to be pushed. And you've got, I think, I do think Brandon Cooks, he's been um, not doing great, but he hasn't really been converting on big plays and touchdowns. He's been getting the work. Still the largest target share, speaking of Brendan Cooks. But um, there's a lot can go right for the Texans in the passing game, and we'll get into it with the next guys um, when we get to wide receivers. DJ Dallas, he is going to get some opportunity. Um, I know with, with the Rashad Penny injury, of course, Kenneth Walker um, is going to be stepping up into that role as the starter. But there's probably going to be room for more of these other guys also to to get more work. Uh, Travis Homer is more of a true backup. He, I mean, I, I'm not even sure he has any targets over the last three weeks. Uh, DJ Dallas, in the meantime, does second most targets over the last three weeks. So I would lean towards him being the uh, more of the receiving guy. And in a game against the Chargers... They might, they might need that. They might be using him more in that role. Uh, so there you go. You got a shot. But I do think Burkhead also similarly has a shot with Houston uh, passing the ball a little bit more if they're down to the Raiders. Um, Burkhead has, it's been mixed. It's been seven points here, six points, and then 14 another week. So it, it really depends on does he catch enough passes to get that floor up? And does he get lucky with a touchdown to really make it a good week? Nico Collins. So, again, like I was saying, yeah, Brendan Cooks could do better if it's just a few things go his way. That obviously would help Davis Mills as well. But Nico Collins is also coming along nicely. And I think he is, uh, I think he's a candidate for a, a breakout as far as receivers go in the coming weeks. So, and they've got some good matchups coming including obviously this one. So uh, he would be one in a deeper redraft 
I would be stashing. He's I'm sure he's owned in a dynasty. You might be able to get him thrown into uh, a part of a larger trade you're doing. Just keep an eye out. Always keep an eye out for who players, you know, other teams have are on their bench that you might be able to get thrown in. Um, I did that same thing with Donovan Peoples-Jones when I traded for last week. I traded for Dallas Goddard. I told you I got Donovan Peoples-Jones thrown in on that deal. Um, so that he's been getting the work. He is absolutely getting the work. It's still hit or miss, but that's fine. Cleveland at Baltimore is precisely the kind of game and the kind of defense that's given up big plays that really fits uh, DPJ's you know, abilities to have a big, big play. Pretty much, that's it. That's what we're looking for. Um, tight ends. Hayden Hurst, like I said, he had a great week five, 20 points or something like that. No, I don't think so. That was a premium. I'm thinking of a premium game. Um, but he he is putting up the points. It helped that Higgins was out. And that's probably going to continue in week six. Hopefully he's back by week seven. But even so, Atlanta is giving up a lot of points to the tight end. And so it could still be just fine for him. If he doesn't have a great week six, maybe he's out there week seven. I know we love to pick up these guys a week ahead of time, but that might be a case where it's just something you're aware of and you're not going to be scared off of a bad week six if he just happens to have a bad week six. Uh, I don't know if he will, but he could. Mo Ali Cox on the Colts is a guy who is going to be available most likely if Hurst is not. Again, Tennessee giving up points. Two tight ends just across the board. Receptions, touchdowns, everything. Yards. So if if Morale Cox is available, he would be a guy I'd look at. Uh, they've been leaning on those tight ends, especially for touchdowns. Um, Ryan is not throwing. I think I heard something. He's just not throwing downfield past 20 air yards. It's just not happening right now. So it's a little stagnant, but that does mean some shorter passes to the big guys. So there we go. Green Bay. Washington, you know, you know how it is. You just saw Washington. I mean, Wentz is always a shot to give up uh, interception, and he is always going to be giving up the uh, sacks, lots and lots of sacks given up by Wentz. So hopefully, your scoring, and I'm assuming it does when I do these, uh, your scoring is giving you a point for each sack. So that that's creates a great floor when you can play against. Wentz and the Commanders. Uh, the Colts, again, playing Tennessee at Tennessee. Tennessee's been struggling. I mean, I was pushing for um, Tennessee against Washington last week and saying you can play uh, the, those quarterbacks. And Wentz did have a great game. We'll get to that. Tannehill, not so much. I think about 14, 15 points. So that's kind of one where... I was really hoping and giving uh, Tennessee and Tannehill a little bit of benefit of the doubt, thinking, okay, those were bad matches they've had. Now they've got a good one. What are they going to do with it? And they didn't. They really didn't. Um, So that's one where, you know, it's kind of like, at the same time, the Colts' defense has been great at holding players, uh, opposing offenses, 
So those two things combined, you know, I love Henry and I hope he has a great game where I need him to, but that doesn't mean, um, you know, he can still have a pretty decent game, but the rest of the offense just not, they're just not doing it. Burks is still out. It just doesn't look good. Woods, I'm sorry, he's not recovered. He's not his old self. Um, maybe he is his old self. I don't know. He is getting older. So that's that for the streamers. Like I said, not nothing for ads and everything today. Some of those ads, I mean, Nico Collins is an ad basically, but I'm also made him a stream. Okay, so just think of it that way. That's why I had multiple ones for you. Okay, so week six last week. So if you're coming into this week six, again, you do have buys. So you maybe still want to know or look into these guys. Wandale Robinson needs to be picked up. Didn't not activate it yet. So you still have a shot. Same thing with Van Jefferson. Didn't play week five. Daniel Bellinger as a really deep one. And guys, if you've been watching, you know, go back to past show. These other there's other tight ends and players, you know, that aren't going to show up on this list that I've been saying that would probably tell you to go after before Daniel Bellinger. You have to understand that there's, you know, a ranking to these things. Um, use a little bit of common sense. Obviously, Hayden Hurst over Daniel Bellinger. Uh, but there are some guys like Kate Otten, who I probably would still take ahead of Daniel Bellinger. Um, and then last week, Jacoby Myers, like I said, I don't know why, but I saw him on a bunch of waiver wires. Easy, easy. Now everybody wants to pick him up on waivers the next week. You should have known. He's back playing the Lions. I don't care if it's a rookie quarterback or not. He's gonna. He's just gonna do what Mac Jones was doing, and and, and pepper his safety, uh, his his blanket, you know. Jacoby Myers in the slot, just feeding him. All right. Anyway, Tony Galladay, AJ Green drops. Rondale. Okay, this one's probably a fail or a, a loss. Um, in context, I wasn't saying go out of your way. I was saying. Don't be afraid to drop Rondale to go after some of these other guys with higher upsides at position, other positions that you need. Or even in the case of Wandale, uh, it was more of like, I want you to pick up some of these guys and you can drop some of these guys. Now, in a lot of cases, what Rondale Moore is still very much rosterable. So I'm not saying he shouldn't be rostered when I say you can drop him. I'm just saying... That's the kind of player I'm saying. That's where I would drop draw the line for Wandale. All right, so we've got last, again, this is week six recap. I was telling you, trade for Dallas Goddard. Sure enough, what's he do? Goes off for, I should have had it up here, um, something like six or seven receptions, 80-something, 90-something yards. So I think he got a good 15 points even in, in normal PPR. Um he still didn't get that touchdown. Still, so it didn't quite qualify as a big game, but it was his biggest non-touchdown game yet. And I mean, that's what I'm. That's why I was saying, go get him. There's still, there is still room in this. That's another thing I was looking at this week. Uh, I, every week on Twitter, Tuesday night, I try to do it Tuesday night. Um, sometimes it comes out Wednesday, or I put out a couple different data tweets. One of them is team-wide usage trends. 
So maybe, and maybe I can even pull this up here. But basically the idea about that is um, that there's a lot of things we can learn from looking at how a team, yeah, I do have it here. But looking how how a team um, is utilizing its its players and its plays, so we're gonna go ahead and pull this up over here. Yep, and uh, I'll show you what I'm talking about. All right, so this is this is uh, the trend sheet, and I I tweeted this out already so you guys could see it. Um. And what I did was I sorted it by the total total teams fantasy points. So you can see, okay, these are the yeah, Buffalo, Kansas City, Minnesota. These are the teams that are putting up points. And I said, okay, who who looks a little out of place? You know? Well, obviously, these are sorted. And I noticed, okay, it seems to be very much following, you know, passing rate, right? The passing teams and then the non-passing teams, Dallas, Houston. Right, Chicago. But looking up here, I noticed, well, there's uh, a, an unusual one here. Um, where did it go? This isn't what I was looking at earlier. Anyway, you could see that um, Philadelphia. Yeah, here we go. Philadelphia is... Still has a lot of targets to give. They're giving a lot of them to tight end. Okay, that's good. We like that. Um, and it's mostly the quarterback rushing. Okay. But they, they essentially have room to grow in the passing game is all I'm trying to say. Um for those on the podcast, I apologize. But basically, all I'm trying to say is the, the Eagles have plenty of room to continue improving in the passing game. Their pass attempts are not crazy high. Uh, they are rushing a good amount, but a lot of that is the quarterback rushing. So all Hurts has to do is dial that back a little bit, and those turn immediately into passes. Because that's that's what happens. People th thinking about, talking about... Um, I mean, I was having a, a debate with someone on Twitter about Jeff Wilson way back week two. And that's when Trey Lance was still healthy and playing for San Francisco. And, you know, he was saying that that Trey Lance is going to hurt Jeff Wilson. We can't just look at what Jeff Wilson's done in the past. And my point was like, well, no, because there's only a few runs that would have been Wilson runs that, that Trey Lance is taking. Typically what's happening with a running quarterback is they are taking passes. They are taking targets away and scrambling. So they're actually taking targets away from the receivers. Rushing quarterbacks hurt receivers more than it hurts the other running backs. Yes, it can hurt the running backs too, but more so the receivers. And that's my point here with the uh, the, the amount of, that Hurts is rushing and running. We've seen it with we we've seen it with Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and he is running a lot that this year. And I can I can prove that showing it by the rush rate of quarterbacks. You can see it's Philadelphia and Baltimore up at the top of that. Um, 
mean, that just has to come back to a little bit more normal levels. And it's going to turn into targets. It's not going to turn into rushes by other running backs. I mean, maybe one or two of them. But more of it's going to turn back into targets, into passes. That's all I was trying to say. So, Goddard has room to grow. A.J. Brown, if you want to go after him, kind of flying under the wide receiver one. Um, a little bit under the wide receiver one radar. You know, there was a player I had as an ad, and I just I forgot that I didn't put him on a slide. It just hit me. Um, we'll come back around to that in a second because it's connected here. Drake London, wide receiver. The the Falcons are struggling. Um, he had, at the time I said this, second highest target share. Now he has the third highest because for some reason he, he was down to like 62% route participation in week five. I don't know what's going on. It's like they're actively, it's, it's really like the Falcons are actively tanking. It really is. But anyway, um, they're in Atlanta. I was going to say uh, look out for on waivers, Damian Williams. He was getting a majority share of work in the, you know, the one drive he was active at the beginning of the season before he got hurt. Um, technically, he's off IR and he can come back now, but he sounds like he still needs another week. Um, so week seven, I would be when I would be thinking you're going to see Damian Williams. It didn't look great with Huntley and Algier. So I, it, I could see Damian Williams getting the majority share being the starter when he gets in there. Will the actual fantasy points be great? I don't know, but he is somebody you want to, to look into. And just like I said with Drake London, there's a possibility. I think, I mean, Rooley, Rule, Matt Rule is gone in Carolina Panthers. I, I think it comes down to either Rivera or Arthur Smith here in Falcons as being the next quarterback fired. If it's Arthur Smith, again, it can't get worse. It's utilization. Obviously, I like London's target share, but I mean, um, man. It's, I swear, like I was saying with the not having him in there for all the routes, only 62% route percent route participation out of nowhere. That's really weird. The I had the take of trading away Romeo Dubs. I, I don't, I stand by this one because even this week, past week, week five, yeah, he had work. But the more we see a mediocre games from Romeo Dobbs, the more people, the less people will pay you for him. Just saying. Our streamers, uh, Daniel Jones, if you need one this week, um, I've got him going in at least one as a streamer. I've got him in some super flex as a starter, but I'm streaming him at least one uh, single quarterback. Uh, great option. I think it's my home league, which means probably do terrible. Um, Eno Benjamin. So, yeah, we for two weeks we were saying Eno Benjamin. This is week five as well. And you know what? Sometimes you just put yourself in a position to be successful, and that's all it takes. And I know people get a little uneasy, and they, you know, oh, you're, you're, um, they want to say you're, 
injury, a victory lapping and injury. I was going to say injury lapping. That doesn't make sense. Your 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 victory lapping and injury and add so mean and all this stuff and really putting yourself in a good position in case the worst happens. That's not that's not victory lapping. That's just being prepared. I mean, you don't get happy that your if your house burns down, you had you had fire insurance. You feel vindicated. Oh, oh yeah, I made a good choice. I had fire insurance. I was well prepared. Like you don't you're not happy about the fire, but you're happy you had the insurance. Make sense? Like it's okay. We we can put ourselves in positions um, to profit if a certain scenario does happen. Um, and when we talk about process over results, you know, and I can say I want process with results. Uh, but all that we're really saying is we we have a process that tells us there's a likelihood that this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it will. I think it very likely could. And here is the most, here's the move you can do that you would most profit for if that did happen, right? Sometimes other things happen that we thought were less likely. And that's just, you know, we couldn't predict it. You never know. I do look for and hope for a pattern of success. Um, if the things you keep saying are the most likely to happen, continue to not happen, maybe your process is not identifying the most likely scenarios very well, right? So you need to still identify those things properly. But, you know, Benjamin, it's been what before? Algier, right? We did it with him. I mean, so many times we've talked about it. And we'll come back to that. But um, there was a a number of situations. Uh, KJ Osborne actually had a a decent game in week five. Uh, Basically did what I'm saying he could do here in week six. Richie James, I'm not sure, man. I think by week six, I really need to look into if Wandale is going to be back. Richie James still isn't cutting it, so he needs to be replaced. Um, Will Disley, week six, if you need somebody. And Harrison Bryant versus the Patriots, who are giving up uh, a lot of mostly touchdowns. Bryant's due for a touchdown. He's been getting, actually, the targets more than you would have expected. So go ahead. Bengals against the Saints, especially like this. I don't know if the Saints are going to have Winston um, or not. Uh, James is still questionable. If he doesn't, great. If he does, okay, still fine. Um, it looks like Landry and Michael Thomas are out. Like it, This team's a little bit of a mess right now. So the, the Saints, I should say. So, yeah, start your defense against them by all means. All right, in week, right, I want to pull up this thing. Um, so I, I, I made a quick little sheet, and I don't know. You can say I'm just trying to toot my own horn or, or, or what, but basically it points out, and I, I put this up on Twitter, it, it pointed out I wanted to have something that really showed the calls we had specifically for early waiver ads, you know, getting ahead of the waiver wire. And the I wanted to show the actual reasoning I had at the time that I made the take and then what actually happened. 
and I wanted to be able to show what it was, what the take was, you know, who, what am I doing with who? And I wanted to show when I said it uh, to prove how far out ahead of we we were. And again, it's it's Jeff, Jeff Wilson. It's Jalen Warren. He just he outscored Najee Harris at 51% target um, snap share. And Coach Tomlin's talking about how his role is going to continue to increase. I mean, that that hits on two takes. That hits on the Najee preseason takes, too. Um, Raheem Morris, I mean, I, like I said, I got lucky on that one. I'm not even trying to deny it. Um, Conklin, Higby, Otten in a deep dynasties, right? Uh, Algier here. Kenneth Walker, we were reminding people double-check. And, again, we were streaming Eno Benjamin. And we were saying double-check for uh, Jacoby Myers. Th- this isn't even all of them, and it's not definitely doesn't include the trades and doesn't include the streamers. I had this up, and I made this because, like I said, I really wanted to come back around and evaluate, is the process working? It's working, guys. It is 100% working. I hope you're with us um, for this. I hope you, I know, I know it sounds crazy at the time, guys. I know it does. Like, you know, I'm sitting on a team right now where I've got Ayuk not doing great. I need to cut somebody so I can get a new quarterback in because Goff is on by. So I can, even if I cut Goff, right, I'm still just now back to um, the, the the roster size. I still need to cut somebody so I can add a new quarterback. And I'm having to decide between, like, Brian Robinson or Ayuk or Curtis Samuel. I mean, two of those guys. even, And then two of those guys were locking early this week. And so, you know, I have to decide, is, is, is Ayuk really worth, worth it? Or do I stash, in my case, I need a quarterback because of the bye week. What I'm saying is, at the beginning of the season, there were players that you had on the end of your bench that you were confident were more valuable than Jeff Wilson. They weren't. They weren't even close. Um... And that's going to happen real quick with, with Jalen Warren. If Najee does worse or gets hurt or it's revealed that he is hurt, it's going to happen. We saw it happen, how quick it happened for Kenneth Walker, right? So basically what I'm trying to say is I know it feels weird and sounds weird to make some of these moves, but I don't want them to just be hindsight moves and say, ha, you should have known. I want to be able to point to teams, my own teams, your teams, where you did what I had here and it worked out. And that is a tough thing I've talked about before, the getting from where I come up with the takes to where I see it actually come to fruition. And sometimes it happens and I'm like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know if I'm just lucky. I'm not typically that lucky person. Um, But I mean... Raheem Morris, Mostert, right? I said, go ahead. Start in week two as a streamer, which is silly. You don't need to stream a week two, but it was you just wanted somebody in there. You're, you're adding him. You're holding on to him, basically, was the point. After week one, that did not look good. That did not look like a good take. Looked like I lost that one. But since week two, he's been getting more work. And I knew why, though. I knew my reasons for saying before the season, before we'd seen him, what could possibly happen, which is that Raheem Mostert 
being the veteran back that win healthy is very good. And Mike McDaniel knows him, and he knows Mike McDaniel. Coach, we could easily see a situation where he's the lead back. So I said, let's go with it. And it worked out. So, again, in the future, there's going to be players and things I say you should add. And it's going to feel weird. But I'm telling you guys, if you're following the process, it works out. Generally. Not every single time, but it can work out for you. All right. So, week five, I wanted to go back and see some of these uh, for two weeks ago, for the week we just had, again, Alger. Now, Alger didn't do great points-wise, um, but it was encouraging that he, he was out there and got more work. That's all I was saying. I'm standing by the Dave Montgomery take. Uh, same thing, Robinson. I knew Robinson wasn't having a great week um, before against, uh, was it Jacksonville? Who was it? But, yeah. I figured not. And wide receiver according all of a sudden tra- trading for him. Yeah, absolutely should. Uh we were trading Herbert High, Duvernay High. I, I can take that wasn't I can take the L on that one because Bateman got hurt at the time I didn't know he was going to get hurt. Uh Conklin, if you want to sell out on him now. I think he's still going to be part of the offense, but I don't think that offense is just gonna have so much volume. And then Mixon. Mixon's in a hard one for me, especially one league I have him in. He is getting you points. He is getting me points. Uh, the moment I don't need him and I can trade him something else, I'm doing it. That was kind of the point. It wasn't just you need to go out of your way and just sell him for nothing. All right. All right. The streamers we had in week five are referenced at Wentz and Ryan Tannehill playing each other. Carson Wentz 22.6. Ryan Tannehill 11.5. So uh, hopefully... Carson was out. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, but I did give credit to Dave J. Zacharyson and talking about as a backup, you can go with uh, Shakir in case McKenzie's out. McKenzie was out, so Shakir it was 16.5 points by him. And Eno Benjamin, a lot of this came on a big run at the end, um, but between... Yeah, just between everybody else getting injured, he's going to be the guy here. Um, Tight ends, I I hope you did have Njoku because the other guys, John Johnson, Noah Gray, did not go so great. 14.8 points for Njoku, but only 2.3 for Juwan and 1.7 for Noah Gray. Those weren't great calls, I guess. Um, Nine points by the Jacksonville defense special teams. That's I'll take it. And those were the teams on by last uh, in 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 week six. So the week we're actually currently in, uh, you are in. So the Lions, Houston Texans, Raiders. So you you got Carr and Adams and Henry and um, Amon Ra and Hawkinson and Damian Pierce and Brandon Cooks. Right. So you've got all these guys out. So be looking for alternatives. Um, Guys, check out the website at um, FusionFFB.com. Check out Twitter at FusionFFB. Thanks for watching. Hope you are going to have some of these streamers ready to go for next week. Uh, hopefully you you saw who I had.
for this week. And if you still need somebody, you can go look for them too. Um, thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.